What do you think would happen if you spent five days on your own with no food, no technology, no distractions, and no people? I recently spent five days in an isolated teepee in the hills of Mullumbimby and did exactly that. I wanted to get away from distractions, I wanted to write my new book, and I wanted to test myself. This episode was originally recorded on the Body Science Podcast. If you have any interest in fasting, getting rid of distractions, and resetting how you think about the world, this is a good podcast to have a listen to. Enjoy. Pretty excited about this week's podcast. Luke Mathers, Dress Teflon author, is back in the house. How are you, mate? It's been a while. It's good to be back. And uh, you just went on a five-day reset, and we're going to chat about that. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Let's rip in. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And I'm going to throw in there people doing extreme things in the search for knowledge. And, mate, you just went and did a five-day fast by yourself. I did. And you did some pretty different things to a traditional fast. You set your own guidelines here. Yeah, I did. I think one of the things that we're all getting distracted everywhere we look there's phones going off there's emails going off we've got distractions everywhere and i really want to write another book and i just found myself getting blocked and like i had stuff to put in there but just couldn't quite get that time to actually have clarity of thought and so i decided i'd I'd been on a a leadership camp um a few weeks ago and at this place it was in mullumbimby and it was this beautiful valley you couldn't see signs of another person anywhere and they had a big ass teepee it was like a 20 foot high TP. And I asked my friend Anna, who who owns it, can I, any chance I can come down and spend a week down here? I want to write a book. And he went, well, I'm going away in two weeks' time. It's all yours. And so I had five days of complete solitude. And the, the interesting part here, Luke, is you went there with 10 litres of water and that was it. Yeah, no, I had a bit more than 10 mm-hmm. litres of water. Okay. I had... I got fully loaded up thanks to you, a fair bit of body science stuff as well. But uh, yeah, but you were fasting, so what, what did you have? Uh, I had green tea yep. and I had shred in the morning. Okay. So that's so. so shred, green tea and water is what you took away for a five-day trip? For five days, yeah. What, what did your wife think when you said you're doing that? Um, she's a she's just a saint, obviously. So she's you gone five I, days without Luke. Yeah, five days without Luke. Merry Christmas. No, but she's she's actually really good with stuff like that. She's just like, okay, well, that sounds like something I wouldn't want to do, but I can see why you would, and yeah, off she went. Now, you're an avid faster. Like, that's part of your life every week. You have fasting in your life. Yep, I do. How's a, tr- a traditional week look for you? Uh, I don't eat Mondays. Almost invariably, if I don't eat Mondays, I'll, if I do eat Mondays, I won't eat Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I'll have at least one day of fasting. If I want to lose weight, I'll go two days a week of fasting. If I want to just stay normal, I just have one. And mate, before we kick off onto fasting, do you want to explain your theories around why you started fasting? Not not the science you've dug into since, but the mm-hmm. reasons why you started fasting for people out there that have thought, you know, maybe I should, or there's a lot of people out there, you know, banging out 16, 8 all day long yep. now and not really trying that hard to do it. It's just sort of happening in their life these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I guess the, the thing that, that tipped me over the edge was I went away for a weekend and as you know, I'm not the best at moderation, which you know you pretty well. So I'm if definitely there's a table not. you can get up on, Luke will be up on it, just so everyone knows. <laughs> there's, uh, if there's fun to be had and, and chips to be eaten and pies to have and beers to drink, I'm all over them. And just found myself doing that whole yo-yo thing, just yep. just you know losing five kilos and putting on six. And, and had basically been on a diet for 20-odd years and had never really kept the weight off. Every time it came off, it just came back on and usually with some interest, which yep. I'm pretty common sort of thing that- You're not alone. 
lying there. Yeah, you're not alone. And so about three years ago, I read a book called The Obesity Code by by Jason Fung. Yep. And Jason Fung's an absolute guru. There's a there's heaps of YouTube stuff with Jason Fung on it. There's one called The Two Compartment Model, and I watched that on YouTube as well. And it just looked at what happens to your your basal metabolic rate and all of that sort of stuff when you fast. And it just seemed the science of it just seemed to make sense to me. And I think once you can convince yourself of the science of it, it actually gets a little bit easier. So that was about three years ago and I dropped, I went from about 118 kilos down to about 98 within the space of about three months. So I, nice. So I dropped it. So not a lot of other changes outside introducing? No, not much at all. Yeah. Tried to get a little bit more, a little bit better on the days when I wasn't fasting, but yeah, we'd just do a one or two day fast. Um, and, and your fasts are traditionally shred in the morning and green tea during the day, is that what yep, you do? Yep. Yeah. Green tea's amazing actually. Without green tea, I think one of the things about fasting is everyone looks at it as being something that's meant to be hard. And I think there's a really cool combination when you add all the things I've learned from stress Teflon and how stress works and how cortisol works and how all of these systems in our body go, and then added that to actually put a sort of positive emotion around the fasting and said, okay, I'm hungry. Cool. I'm hungry. And there's a certain acceptance that comes along when you add the stress Teflon stuff I've learned to the things I learned about the mechanics of fasting that just, just made it easy. Yeah, okay. And I found it easy to do that for one, one or two days a week than I found to actually monitor and think about food every day and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, well, it was just the one cool. that worked for me. Yeah. So mate, let's talk about, before we get to your five-day reset, your, your traditional Monday of food mm-hmm. looks like what? You, you you get up pretty early in the morning? I get up very early in the morning, yeah, yep, and I have a shred straight away and, and go for a ride. I, I ride a, a bike every day, either at the road or- And you the, pretty much have the shred first thing in the morning before that because yeah. it gives you that mojo to keep going or or, um, or, or you just like the taste? I just love shred. Okay, Shred's just enough. like the best stuff ever. If fair you, enough. If you want a little poster child of someone that absolutely loves shred, I am it. I love it. That's it's nice. the best stuff in the whole world. So you get up early in the morning, You've yep. you have your shred, Yep. You ride a bike for 40 minutes, 45 yeah, I'll, minutes? Yeah, I'll, I'll read or write or something for about about half an hour. Oh, okay. And then- While and that kicks in. While that kicks in. Yeah. Once the street gets on, do an hour on the bike, and no matter what. how many calories are you doing in that session? It's a bit hard. Probably about six to 800. Yep. Okay. So um, you're fasting, you're already 600 calories down. Yeah. So then you get off the bike. Obviously, you've got books to write and work to do, and you do a lot of consulting and one-on-one stuff with people in mentoring. When do you start to hit the green tea? Usually about nine-ish. Oh, okay. So when when other people would probably be just for finishing breakfast. Yep. And, and then, you, I always get my first little pangs of, of hunger around about then too. And you and, find the green tea helps you get through oh, that. Oh, massive. I have it in a big 800 mil, one of those Voss. So there's a lot of water going in A lot there of water yeah. in there too. And so the thing about that, it just fills you up. Yeah, so okay. you're just not hungry after green tea. And you drink that quickly or you sip yeah, on that? Just, you scull it? Yeah. yeah. You know me. Yeah, you're not patient. I know that. So what happens next? What's the rest of the day? So we're at nine o'clock in the morning now. Yeah, and just get on with whatever you're doing. If it's a fast day, I will quite often, you're always going to get these sort of ghrelin spikes. You're always going to get these little waves of hunger that are going to come through. And I think one of the things as humans, we kind of have this thing that if I'm really hungry at 11 o'clock, I'm going to be absolutely starving at one. And by three o'clock, I'm going to be ravishing. We kind of have this tendency to want to make life linear. And the thing about it is it's not. We get hungry in the times when we normally eat. And if we can ride it out and make sure we time our day so we're really busy on those times, then we just ride through those, 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 ride those little ghrelin waves. And then you come down to a spot where you would normally not be eating anyway and you don't even notice it. 
So you're busy. You really turn on around eleven o'clock. Where yeah. are you having? Are you having two green teas today? Or one? Yeah, I have, I'll have one mid afternoon. Mid afternoon, and is that based on habit, or is that based on? Yeah, that's probably based on habit. More from more from just that little bit of caffeine to sort of keep the day going. Yeah, because we've got fifty megs in there. What happens after that? You just water into dinner and then go to bed early. Yeah, definitely go to bed early. Yeah, definitely go to bed early. But you get up early, so it makes sense. You still yeah. Do, yeah okay. I'm I'm a big fan of um some of the work on on circadian rhythms. Um, Sachin Panda's work on the circadian code, which was yep. just amazing to sort of make sure you set your body's clock by by seeing sunrise pretty much every day. So I try and see sunrise every day. One of the things about the longer fast too is you do get a big cortisol spike. So you do get that sort of stress hormone hits that your body's saying. And you're calling a full Monday a longer uh, Mondays, sometimes I'll eat dinner, sometimes I won't. Um, if I want to go 36 or longer. Oh, fast, so I'll you're go. going from the night before's dinner yeah. through. I got you. Okay. So some days will be a 24 hour fast. Otherwise, I'll go to lunchtime the next day. So it's yep. more like a, a sort of 36 to 40 hour fast. Okay. Well, and what have you, what have you note, noted in your life by doing that? My pants fit better. So you definitely, you definitely lose weight, but it, it's actually there's a there's a cool thing that when when you kind of do it, if you can attach the positive emotion to do it, it's like I really feel good in my body when I'm doing this. This sounds this sounds really pathetic, but I have I'm getting old and I have a bit of arthritis in my big toes. All right, which sounds really pathetic. Yeah. But if I fast regularly, the arthritis in my big toe, the inflammation in my big toes doesn't hurt as much. Oh, so it's been really So it's there's just really noticeable, you know, that's as specific as my big toes don't hurt if I fast for at least a day a week. Okay, that's really interesting. Just to get rid of that inflammation. So, mate, you're a faster, which we've all established now. So, you woke up one day and thought, I'm going to go do a five-day fast. Is mm-hmm. that your longest one ever? Yeah, I'd done three-day ones. I'd had not done quite a few three-day ones. I'd do that probably every- And why are you resetting at a three-day one? What's the, what's your readings and your findings there that you've um, A little bit of it's just to, you know, I feel like I'm- toxins and stuff are building up. I just don't feel as healthy as I'd like to. And right. and there's something about that. Uh, every time I do a three-day fast, I always recruit someone else. So I always get someone else to come on board. One of the things on Stress Teflon was the safety of the tribe. And you know, I'll let myself down quite a lot, but I'll, I won't let someone else down. So okay. by recruiting someone else to come along with me, and I've got two or three people who I'll, who I'll get on. And if we're going to do a longer one, I'll get someone to come in there with me. That's and awesome. so I have someone that sort of makes me accountable and makes me not want to give up because I don't want to let them down. Have you ever asked me? Yeah. I can imagine what the answer would have been. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it didn't go over as well as you'd like, you'd hope. No, that's a shame. But it's, Many tribes to the world though, Luke, many tribes. Isn't there? But there's one of those things about having done quite a lot of them and doing them every week. You get quite used to just that sort of running without sugar and your body will just produce the, sh- the amount of sugar it needs and you're going to be all right. Yeah, fair call. So you've you've had a couple of threes. You do, you, you're do you a one-a-week man, but you've suddenly decided, and this is where I want to get to because I'm a good mate of yours too and I don't get it. So you've decided to go to a property where no one is for five days by yourself and you were, you're writing your new book and you're bushwalking and you're thinking and you're doing all that. There's no TV, there's no radio, there's no nothing. Nothing. So it's there's a teepee. There's a teepee and Luke. Yeah. Did Carlos turn up? Carlos was there for almost the whole time. Yeah. Well, Carlos is your alter ego, your better he version is. of yourself. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get my head around for mm-hmm. our mates. So yep. I can, when I'm having coffee, I can explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. It's that's quite it. And I, I don't understand what happens to your body in a five day fast because yep. that's not my lane. Okay. But I could I, I should assume that there is some danger with you getting up every day, going for bush walks by yourself mm-hmm. on a five day fast. There there is none of them were too far from okay. where I wanted to be. And I, I kind of 
And I found on day four and five hills that I walked up really easily on day one. I wasn't walking up really yeah, okay. easily on day four or five. So yeah. you know, your body can your body can produce sugar. You're never going to run out of sugar because your body can make it. Yeah. But you can't make it quite as quick. So if you actually do go for a really strenuous, really long bit of exercise, you're gonna you're gonna start running low on sugar levels. And how did how did the brain uh, roll out here, mate? Like you went down there to write a book mm-hmm. and you gave it no nutrients except mm-hmm. I ketones. Gave, I, I, I gave it. Shred, yep. and I gave it the, Sorry, I do the green take tea. That back. Let's take that back. And, okay, so you've gone. What do we got in there? We've got some caffeine. We've got lots Green of nootropics and things yeah, like that. So of, yeah, all okay. of that sort of stuff. Your brain runs really well on ketones anyway. Yeah. So your brain's pretty good for that sort of stuff. So brain wise, there's no added sugar in those products. So yeah. The really big one when you do those long ones is you've got to make sure you have enough minerals. You've definitely got to make sure you have enough salt. Yep. And I'd have a. Can you end up? You know, weighing like sea biscuit. Yeah. You. You going to the toilet a lot and because you're hungry you're drinking a lot too so I I took 10 litres of water and thought, oh, that's two litres a day. That'll be fine. And it was sort Are of- Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, when did you run out? Day two? <laughs> day two, yeah. <laughs> Halfway through, oh, through day two, I'm cold. pretty much out of water. But- um, What'd you do? Oh, they had, they had their water down there. So, okay. so the water down there was right to drink. Yeah. So I could drink that anyway. So that wasn't such an issue. But I, I was putting big handfuls of salt and stuff in there because, you know, I mean, I'm a big sweaty man too. Yeah. So I actually, you know, you've got to put some salt. If you don't put some salt back in, it can actually be really dangerous. And did and your, and your writings for your new book, was it quality what you wrote or was it just gibber? Uh, is that a word? Is gibber a word? Yeah, gibberish maybe. Yeah, gibberish, yeah. Yeah, it was some um, parts of it were great, parts yeah. of it weren't, but I guess you're kind of always going to get that in that situation. And one of the things about it is I didn't get to edit. I actually, I took an old phone with me, so I had an old phone yeah. with no SIM card or anything like that, which was devastating too because one of the rules, I did a few rules that I had. One of them was no food, obviously. The other one was no internet and no people, all right? And I'm a 98% extrovert, so I actually get a lot of energy from being around people. So the the no people bit was actually the bit that got me the most. Mm-hmm. That was actually the hardest bit. I, I've done the fasting and I knew I could do the fasting, so that wasn't, most people look at that as being the really hard bit. That wasn't the hard bit for me. Yeah, Luke by himself. Yeah, Luke by himself. You know, I'm, I'm like Tigger. I want to bounce around and find different from people to talk to. So that was a little, that was a hard bit. Mate, I've got to say, what was that, a couple of weeks ago you did that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have noticed that you are a calmer human now to be around. I mean, hopefully that'll wear off soon, but <laughs> it's because <laughs> you're our little ever ready man. But you, you've been a lot more zen. Is that the right word to use yeah, it, in the last couple of weeks? And it really not intentionally is. like you're putting on a bullshit act. No, it's not. Yeah. It just is. It's There's something about doing something. And part of it, it was almost one of my intentions that I wanted to do because I, you know, I'm a squirrel. I get like shiny. Thing syndrome. There's something you're Mr. FOMO. Yeah, there's yeah. like, oh, cool. There's something. There's yeah. something cool. Oh, I'm Ooh, yeah. Hey, hey, look, something shiny. <laughs> so I know that's that's me, and I also know that that's that's part of the reason why I can come up with really cool ideas and stuff like that. And so you want some of it, but I was lacking that bit of focus, and I was getting that because I was constantly seeing the the squirrels out to the side and the shiny yep. things. So and there was something that happened on about day three. All right, and so day day two, I was devastated because one of my rules was I was allowed to have I allowed myself to have two hours of music and I love my music and the old phone that I had without the SIM card in it I didn't realise that Spotify had wiped all the music off so I had no music for night one and all of day two I had my keys and my actual phone in a kitchen safe which is like a little time lock safe you can lock for for 24 hours so I had no access to that for for 24 hours Good to see you trust yourself Yeah exactly no, but that, that's one of the things you got to, if you, no, if you take temptation out of the equation, which is actually yeah. what made the fast easier because, you know, you can't just walk to the cupboard and grab something to you eat. You did have a lot of time to try and break that safe open though. Yeah, you could have if you wanted to, yeah. but 
Yeah, I had Macs too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have broken it open if I wanted to. But the but there was something about it on about day three. I, I remember waking up at about three o'clock in the morning and reading a passage out of out of a Jay Shetty book, and it was something along the lines of, "If you want to be intentional, you've got to take away outside reasons why you're doing stuff, and and look within, and all of this sort of stuff." And I was just kind of, and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to actually get the book written, and I was getting really frustrated on day two. Like I, I wrote a thing that I, I did a little log, and part of the log was how, how many hunger pains have I had, how many you know, how many pe- times where I'm missing people and how much frustration I have and I was really frustrated and that moment at three o'clock in the morning I just read this one paragraph which was just basically to be intentional means to get rid of outside yeah. reasons why you, outside definitions of success I think it said I just went well if I write oh, this like book that. great if I don't write this book great and it was almost like yeah okay and I read, literally read two lines in this book rolled over went back to sleep and woke up when the sun came up and there was just something I think we we go chasing whatever things we think we're going to get validation from whatever's going to make us feel good about being us so true and one of the things and I, I remember thinking this a while ago is that I've, I've had a tendency to chase validation from pe- particularly from people who don't give it and i think we all kind of do that a little bit and there was something about that that three o'clock in the morning on day three or whatever it was that just made me go yeah let's just stop doing that and the moment i stopped doing that i just felt myself slow down a bit i felt myself calm down a bit and yeah i don't know i don't know it just felt a little bit zen there's there's a, a thing in in Buddhism about you know before enlightenment you chop wood carry water and after enlightenment enlightenment you chop wood carry, carry water. water yeah and it was it was kind of like that I was literally chopping wood and carrying water did did it change it I mean obviously you're someone who Ford thinks that's why you're an author did it change the approach to your book that day three moment did your your book suddenly take a whole lot of new meaning or have a whole lot of new i know you module things up like you write books and you put modules with them you can then have further learnings with like that's, mm-hmm. did you did you find a whole lot of new yeah probably did probably a lot of the ones that i was i was probably writing them with an end in mind and I kind of stopped doing that. I just wanted to write something that that you could read and I would actually benefit from it. And I figure if I'll benefit from it, then so will quite a few other people. So yeah. it was more just sort of trying to get some clarity on on that sort of stuff. One of the things I have noted though from it is that my ideas are way better when I'm bouncing off someone else. I think All that's right. most people too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I know here at Teamwork, here's everything here. Like I just was watching you guys out doing some stuff out there before and it's it's amazing how that different different opinions came from everywhere and you know, you're getting enough of them, you're going to end up with something good. So. Yeah, and people got to feel safe to have one. I mean, as long as they feel safe and they know they're being listened to, doesn't mean we'll do it. Mm. But that's part of the journey, if you ask me. If you're looking to build a state-of-the-art showroom and you're looking for fitness equipment, have a chat to the guys at Verve. Why would we Why would we pick Verve equipment? We got, in simple terms, it's really good quality, absolutely amazing service. There you go. You heard it from the man who is the CEO. And if you're not getting that, I believe you can contact him. And if you're looking to find out what they do, get on board at Verve underscore fitness and check it out on Instagram. Mate, let's talk about that on the five-day fast. What did you know about fasting that was going to be your issues over a five-day fast? What did I know about it in terms of how I was going well, you're, to feel? You're pretty, or? I mean, I know you don't want to talk too much about it because you're going to say it's not my lane, mm-hmm. but you are pretty knowledgeable on fasting. Yes. So you obviously went to the bush. You didn't tell anyone where you were going. You didn't have a phone that was working. Mm-hmm. So you obviously did a little bit of risk analysis before you went there. What are yes. the types of things that you looked at leading into a five-day fast? Uh, 
first one was water. Uh, oh, yeah. I knew I needed to that well, have enough yep. water. So yep. I, I knew there was water there. So yeah, okay. that wasn't such a big issue. Um, the second one was definitely salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that you had to have enough salt and, and that was, that were probably the two key ones. Um, things like magnesium were great. Um, you got to make sure if you're going to write a book too that you're sleeping well. And one of the things I have found in, in longer fast in the past was my sleep. Your sleep isn't very good because. And why, why do you say that? Well, what happens in a, in a longer fast is your body actually produces more cortisol because from a caveman point of view, and you know, I love coming back to caveman. Yeah. From a caveman point of view, if you haven't eaten for 24 hours, your body's saying, get up and go. You've got to go find some food. You're going to get hungry. All right. So I knew my cortisol levels were going to be higher trying to get to sleep, which is actually where the calm stress support. I'll just take that as well. Yeah. I, I took that as well. I took that. I had that two of them next to my bed with a, with a bottle of water. And so if I woke up at, at one or two at night, I took two of them. Well, that's what I tell people. Don't don't open the jar. Don't get to that strategy. Yeah. You told, you told me that a year or so ago and I've been doing that ever okay. since that whenever I'm not sleeping well. Yeah, I do that. And yeah, there were nights I had like 10 and 11 hours sleep, which I just never wow, have 10 or weird. 11 hours. Now okay. I normally have six or seven and I'm out. So you were you were very aware that sleep was going to become an issue, but you were having 10-hour sleep. Mm. What do you reckon that was? I think it was just a calmness. I think there was less distractions and less things stimulating you all day. So your bucket's that little bit more empty. You kind of I have this analogy that I use in a lot of my corporate coaching and stuff that you, you have a stress bucket, and as it fills up, when it gets when it gets too high, you quit, you tap out, and. When it gets too high, you also don't sleep very well because you've got a lot of things rolling around. But because I'd kind of got that little bit zen and got that little bit calm, there were so many things that I wasn't thinking about anymore. So my brain was just quieter. You know, I did a lot of meditation and stuff like that as well. So I'm not, I'm no meditation guru or anything, but just to actually stop there and try and clear your mind a little bit. And I call it mind awareness because I can't bring myself to say meditation. Did a fair bit of that as well. So I was kind of, I was managing my stress levels deliberately. Okay. And I think that's something that we probably, as a society we've got to learn how to do a little bit better and uh, you know my whole thing is that stress is good for you it's all okay but you've also got to know how to get it down when you've got to get it down and and that's where things like calm stress support came in really well particularly at night you know and i just slept beautifully just had this quietness that i my brain's not used to my brain's normally got you know monkeys and squirrels running around there and it, it just didn't so there was something really nice about just sort of stopping and accepting that this is what you're doing and i'm going to do this for five days and i want to do it and i'm doing it for me i'm not doing it for anyone else so if I finish the book out of it, great. If I have to do a heap more when I get home, great. But there was just an acceptance that this is going to be cool. And I think that's it's probably a bit of the stress Teflon puzzle I was probably missing in the past. And there was something about that five days just made me go, yeah, cool. I have a, an acceptance that I probably didn't have beforehand. So when we look at your last book, Stress Teflon, there's there's a there's a fork in the crossroad. Is that the right word to say? A fork in the stress road. A yep. fork in the stress road. And so you're talking a challenge or a threat. So you, you, you stop and think about where you want to go. But when you were doing your five-day fast, you didn't have the threat. You had the challenge, I assume. So yeah, did it you, change your theories a little bit on? Probably not so much on that because you can, you can, t- your your brain can turn that challenge into a threat. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I'm starving. Look how starving I am. How am I ever going to get through these? four days oh, enough, I'm yeah. really really sorry and then you've turned it into a threat and then what you call you're in what we call an old brain shitstorm. so the, the the fight or flight part of your brain is going off and the new part of your brain is just feeding into it saying you can't do this this is terrible this is a threat this is a threat you've got to go and eat you've got to go and do something and that's when stress doesn't help but when it's a challenge and when it's something that you've accepted and you've gone into and you've attached a positive emotion to it then this is the mountain I want to climb you bet bring it on I can't wait to get to the top of this mountain that's going to be wonderful nice and mate would you do it again yeah you would? yeah I definitely would. Solo? I think I'd probably like to do it with someone else 
but have kind of rules on, you know, I'm going to go off for the next three or four hours by myself and I'll I'll see you over a fire at dinner. Yeah. Or whether you have dinner or not, probably doesn't matter. Like but. A, nothing like a good air box. <laughs> <laughs> but, but things like, I remember the, the, the very last night, and you're getting pretty hungry by the last night. I it's bet, not, it's not exponentially higher than the other ones. But I is had, that knowing that you're coming to the end of it though? That's doing yeah. That? Yeah, it is. There's actually a thing that happens as far, as far as your, your cortisol levels and your adrenaline levels go. When you know you're about to get food, yeah. there's a little, there's a little, cortisol spike which is a weird one that you know food's coming here it is and you get a little cortisol spike yeah you know that bit when you're you know you're plating up dinner and you're ready to go and it's like come on hurry up Let's do this, you know, yeah. you're getting that little bit hangry that happens that's that's a physiological thing it's something that happens when you know food's coming you just get a tiny little spike before it happens and it was really weird i went and caught up with my wife at her work for lunch that day and she was she was stuck talking to a patient and stuff so i just was just out in the office just sitting and chilling and normally i'd be like yeah come on hurry up and i'm just like yeah no it's cool so did you because you're a few hours away from where you live yeah. Yep. So was you it. didn't stop and get anything to eat on the way home? No. Wow. No, I wanted to have my first meal with her. So. Wow, that's nice. And uh, I had some sweet potato chips and it was just like the best tasting sweet potato chip I've ever had in my life. It was just beautiful. I don't know if that would be my go-to after five days. I had a burger there as well. Oh, good. I had one of those burger salad <laughs> things there as well. So yeah. that was all cool. But. It was, yeah, it was fantastic, but it was really weird that I wasn't, if that was a normal Tuesday, I'd be itching, come on, let's go and eat. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm ready to eat. And it wasn't. It was just, oh, there's a calmness. And you, you talk about, you talk about people who want to do, say, a, a marathon or something like that. And, you know, they go and train for the marathon and do that. And I'd been training to do something like this for a long time. So, you know, it wasn't like I was just going out and doing it. Yeah. But there's something about almost that sort of spiritual fast. And it's, that's, that sounds a little bit wanky. And I'm a normal Aussie bloke that's, that's not the sort of, thing I talk about but it kind of was that a little bit okay it was that little bit of just calmness and uh, and a little bit of acceptance and you know one of the big parts of my new book is about reset and and reset is changing your environments changing your systems and habits and changing your actions of what you do and at some stage if we keep on doing the same things we've always done that whole Einstein thing of doing the same thing you've always done and expecting a different result at some stage we've got to reset it properly and you know clear it out and and start again a little bit. And I felt like that's what this was. And I, I highly recommend it to anyone. You have to do a little bit of work leading up to it, particularly if you're going to do the fasting side of things. You have to have done a little bit of work and know what you're doing a bit. But there's something about just having that bit of time to yourself to actually just reflect and just to be grateful for the things that you have and just to just to get rid of distractions for a while. And I really loved it. I'm I'm eternally grateful for Arna for letting me have his have his you know property for that time. And yep. yeah, it was it was a, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Awesome, mate. So any last thoughts for anyone out there who's looking to get into some type of fasting? And, and I'm not talking someone doing a 16-8, I'm talking someone who's going to go a couple of days. Have you got any tips? Well, go back to the 16-8. The that, that stuff's really easy. You can change the, the times you eat by about 45 minutes a day and your body doesn't even really notice it. Yep. So you can push that breakfast back 45 minutes a day for a week and a half and then all of a sudden you're So nice being self-employed. Yeah, so you can <laughs> so you can you can do that pretty easy, and that gets you through to lunch, and then you got your sixteen eight pretty much done pretty easily. Okay, but I I reckon the key with it is that when you stop and get those hunger pains, and they're going to happen, you're going to get those ghrelin spikes, and you're going to feel like you're hungry. That's just your cue to sort of say, "Yeah, cool, I'm hungry. Have a glass of water, have a green tea, and then go and get busy and do whatever you do." And they go away. It's yeah, just nice. it's just surfing that urge. Yeah. And so once you get good at that, and you put yourself you you set up your environment so that's easy. Like I know if I'm not going to eat on a Monday night, I'm not going to be in the house when my 
wife and daughter are eating. You know, I mean, I'm going to come up to your place and we're going to train and I'm yeah. going to do. And she's really good in that she'll time it so that they're having dinner while I'm while I'm off training with you guys. Yeah. You know I mean, so you can set up your environment so you don't want to be doing this so it's a really difficult, really hard thing to do because what's the point of that? Yeah, exactly. You want to do it so it's actually beneficial and your body feels good and you, you know, you, your body goes into repair mode when you haven't eaten for that long and you fix things like your big toes, which which you wouldn't have done otherwise. And there's something pretty cool about that. And then once, you, once you've learned how to do that for a day or two, you can go longer. you just got to make sure you keep your, your salts up and your fluids up and that sort of stuff. Nice. So, mate, you've done the no food, no tech, no distractions. Thanks for coming on and talking about it. Uh, for those people out there that are looking to get uh, a little bit more from you, they can contact you how? LinkedIn's probably the best way. Yep. Just Luke Mathers at LinkedIn. And what about the people that only do cool social media? Where, where they going? Yeah, they won't find me because I'm not that cool. Wow, okay. <laughs> Don't know what to say after that. <laughs> can they email you? They can. Luke at lukemathers.com.au. Perfect. So if you want to uh, talk to Luke, open up a LinkedIn account because you probably don't have one or jump on an email and you answer most of your emails that come through. I do. You do. I do. We're actually running a, a stress reset camp, probably going to be at the start of August with Ryan Tuckwood from Swish, Swish Coaching Academy. Don't tell me you've got him going out to a TP with no phone for five days. I don't think he's going to handle no phone no. for too long. But Ryan's got some great insights into how to set up your sales system so that they're really ethical and not stressful. And yep. the way he teaches his sales processes and the way Stretch Teflon works, actually go in together really well. So we're going to have a three-day reset that's going to be a bit of a combination of both of those. So it's not it's going to have things like yoga, but it's not going to be a yoga camp. It's going to have business stuff, but it's not going to be a business camp. And it's going to have a mindset and awareness stuff, but it's not going to be a mindset and awareness camp. It's going to have all of those things. Yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. So if people want to find out more about that, they just email you? Yep. Gee, I would strongly recommend they email Ryan because <laughs> – your sales skills are terrible. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to talk to me about no, sales. You're too honest. But talk to me. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. So Luke at LukeMathers.com. Yep. Dot au. Dot au. So if anyone's interested in uh, changing their life and learning a bit more in that space, jump on, email Luke. They can download your book Stress Teflon by Luke Mathers. You can get that at Amazon. Amazon. It's probably the best place to get that one. Perfect. It's actually a good read. I I've got to admit, I was there during the writing of that book a lot. Mm-hmm. I did teach Luke how to mind map and he totally I'm the mind map guru. Filled out his bottom of his house with all these A3, no, A. A2. A2 posters, mm. and it was. I have. Yeah, there was a of lot of them everywhere. And then every time I went over, I had to go through them one by one. <laughs> <laughs> so jump on Amazon, grab Luke's book, Stress Teflon. Don't be afraid to email him. And once again, if you're fasting, talk, and you want, really want to get into it, Luke was into our green tea, our shred, we might and put the our stack up that support. I have, have in the show notes. Yeah, and, can we? Um, yeah. Jump on the show notes, bodyscience.com.au forward slash podcast. Thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, buddy. Thank you.